Hallelujah. Amen. Are you excited to be in the church of God on this Good Friday? Ah, uh, you don't sound like you are excited. Are you excited? Be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Um, please remember that um, on Sunday we have our service, which is usual service at 10 a.m., but it's our resurrection service. And then tomorrow we are gathering here to pray. Say amen. amen. What are we coming here to do? Pray. To pray. At, 10 at 8 a.m., gather yourself, your family, and be here. Church, we need to pray. We need to pray. I shared something that I saw on Sunday morning last week when I told you guys. And just after we prayed, we did that prayer Saturday. We prayed on Sunday. On Monday evening at 1 a.m., my wife and I were asleep. And our phone rang. One of my daughters called and said they have just shot her husband. Amrobas came in. And he was trying to stand between them and their child. And they just shot him three bullets. You know, yesterday they sent me a picture of him going through operation in, uh, in intensive, now in intensive care unit. It's amazing how God brought him out from the dungeon of death. Listen, you will not be killed in this April. Let me read something that I just got from my room while I was sitting there. Uh, Apostle Arume. I just got it right there. He just sent me a message. Watch this. Please listen to this. I saw there is, there is, that there is an agitation of the kingdom of darkness regarding Excel Conference to frustrate the program by all means. Various cults in South Africa, Zimbabwe, Zambia, and Namibia have met and are making incantations and rituals to see that they frustrate the program and frustrate and make sure it doesn't happen. A homosexual cult comprising of gays and lesbians are spearheading the rituals and a group of python spirits from the river are involved alongside with necromancers and other demonic entities. And their plan is to make sure that men don't get liberated. That the revival that God wants to ignite through this meeting, that it will not spread across the country and, and does not materialize. I just got this from Apostle Arome while I was sitting there. I want you to know there is something about Excel. As the last year when I ended up in hospital, I knew that there is, this is not just ordinary. So that's why we need to gather here tomorrow to pray. Listen, the devil will not stop what God wants to do. They will not. God is setting this nation free. Men are being set free in this land. Women will be set free in this nation. Whether the devil likes it or not, every demonic gathering against Excel Conference, I scatter it today in the name of Jesus. I told you this is not an ordinary church. Don't think you are gathered in a church. No. We are here to make sure that Satan proceed no further in the nation of South Africa. I told him, as long as I'm alive in this nation, every program and agenda of Satan will be scattered in the name of Jesus. Somebody shout amen. Shout amen. Let them hear you in Cape Town. So we will gather to pray. Amen. We will not stop praying. I received this message now at, what's the time? What's the time that I got this? At 9.15. Quarter past nine. Why praise and worship was going on? That's when I got this message. He just sent it to me. And so, why did he send it? We're all praying. He told his intercessors, they are all praying. Amen, somebody. They are all praying. Because the devil is agitated. Something is about to happen. I say something, something, something. I don't know but something. I know something heavenly, something godly. Something unpredictable. Something only God can do. It's about to 
My God, something, something is about to explode in your life. Excel conference is not an ordinary conference. Get ready for a shift in your destiny. Glory to God. Oh, let, let's just glean something from the word of God and we'll pray and go home so you can deal with your Easter fish and chicken. Those of you who don't eat meat, I wish you sent the meat to my house. Because me now, I eat meat. I don't know where you got that from. I know Jesus died for me to eat meat. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Oh, those years when I was married to a colored woman. Glory to Jesus. I used to, there, there was pickle fish. That devil is a liar. I, I, I never liked that pickle thing, man. I love my beef. Glory to God. I love my lamb. Ah, Jesus. Uh -huh. I, love, I love me some, yeah, Papa and Yama. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. Let's go right quick to the word of God. Isaiah chapter 53. Um, I'm just going to uh, teach on something or preach on something. I've, a message I've titled, The Finished Work of Calvary. Just the finished work of Calvary. Isaiah 53, and let's read from verse 4. If you can, find it for me in the message, just to make it simpler this morning, because I happen to know that there are many people who only go to church on, on occasions like this. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Isaiah chapter 53 from verse 4. I think we're going to read from verse 4 to 12. So if you can locate it from the uh, message version. I would appreciate it. Well, it says from verse 2, The servant grew up before God as croning seedling, a scrubble plant in parched field. There was nothing attractive of, about him. This was a, a description, the vision that Isaiah saw about Jesus Christ and his coming. And, and you know, let me not get ahead of myself, but he says, he says there was nothing attractive about him, nothing to cause us to take a second look. He was looked down on, passed over a man who suffered and who knew pain firsthand. What did Jesus know firsthand? He knew pain firsthand. Oh boy. One look at him and people turned away. We looked down on him, thought he was scum. But the fact is, it was our pains he carried. Kashadaya. My God, my God. I, I thought somebody would get excited right there. It was our pain he carried. Our disfigurements. All the things wrong with us. We thought he brought it on himself. That God was punishing him for his own failures. But it was our sins that did that to him. Next verse. My God. That ripped and tore and crushed him. Our sins. He took the punishment. And that made, that made us whole. Through his bruises we get healed. We are all like sheep who's, who's, who've wandered off and gotten lost. We've all done our own thing. Gone our own way. Next verse. And God had piled all our sins. Everything we've done wrong on him and on him. Ayah. Next verse. He was beaten. He was tortured. But he did not say a word. Like a lamb taken to be slaughtered. And like a sheep being shared. He took it all in silence. Justice miscarried. He was led off. And did, any, did anyone really know what was? Next verse. Keep going. Happening. He died without a thought. For his own welfare. Beaten. Bloody. For the sins of my people. They buried him with the wicked. They threw him in the grave with a rich man. Even though he'd never hurt a soul. Or said one word that was not, wasn't true. Still it was. It's what God had in mind all along. To crush him with pain. The plan was to that he give himself as an offering for sin. That he'd see life come from it. Life, life. And what else? More life. And God's plan will deeply prosper through him. Asha. Nessus. Out of the terrible travail of soul, he will see it's worth it and be glad he did. 
through it he experienced through what he experienced my righteous one my servant will make many righteous ones and as he himself carried the burden of their sins therefore i will reward him extravagantly and the church say amen do you believe in this scripture do you believe what you just read father help us lord grant us revelation in jesus name john chapter 19 and verse 30 john 19 and verses 30 john 19 30 you can put that in the king james possibly john 19 and verse 30 help me quickly help me help me and the, the bible said when therefore jesus had received the vinegar he said what everybody shout it out loud it is finished and he bowed his head and did what and gave up the ghost that is the reason why we have a special service like this if this never happened you and i will not be here today um you know i i i know that many people don't like us talking about the cross but let me tell you one of the most beautiful things that happened to humanity is the cross of jesus had it not been for the cross you and i would be in our pain the cross was it's not just just a word cross it was our crossover a crossover from egypt to canaan land oh let me talk to this side crossover from death to life okay let me talk to this side crossover from sickness to health is anybody believing their crossover meeting today I say you crossed over, you crossed over. When Jesus hung on the cross of Calvary, you crossed over from poverty to prosperity. Am I talking to people that believe? You cross over from disgrace to grace. You cross over from disappointment to distinction. Am I talking to somebody here today? You have crossed over. It was a crossover service for us. We crossed over. From all the bondage of the wicked one, we crossed over from captivity to freedom. For whom the Son sets free, what happens? It's free indeed. The person is free indeed. There is nothing that can hold you. Jesus brought us out from the old and took us to the new. You know, church, it's amazing that Isaiah saw this more than 2,000 years before Jesus was born. This is a prophet. You know, I, 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 the one thing I, I thank God for is that God never made sure that they, nobody wrote anything in the Old Testament. You know, church, if we only just had the New Testament, that the Bible was only made of New Testament, it, we, we probably would not, it would be difficult to believe it. Because we just think that the apostles just wrote whatever they want. But the truth is, there is Old Testament. These are people who 6,000 years, 5,000 years, 4,000 years, 2,000 years before Jesus came, wrote about him. It was through the Old Testament we knew the power of the blood. Because when Adam and Eve sinned, the Bible said that God killed an animal. What did God do? He killed an animal and covered them with the skin. That shedding of that blood was a, a symbol of what was going to happen on the cross. And we saw it continuously happening. Even when Cain and Abraham, when we talk about first fruit, you all know the Bible said that Cain brought of the first fruit of his fruits, his vegetables, all the things that he planted. But the Bible said Abel brought the firstling of, of his animals. Why? Because they had learned the way of blood sacrifice from their father so they both knew that what God required was animal not fruits and vegetables and so when Abel did the Bible said that God accepted this offering but Cain's offering he did not accept why because there was blood involved and church you must understand that without blood there is no remission of sin that's why today we have in the scripture, the Bible says that the life of the flesh is where? Where is it? In the blood. If they want to know whether you have any disease on your toe, even your toe or your finger, where do they test? They run blood tests. Because everything is involving the blood in your body. 
And that's why the shedding of Jesus' blood was the most powerful thing that ever happened. I mean, the most brutal thing that the kingdom of darkness never expected. And when believers understand this, you will know what it means to plead the blood. You won't just say, plead, I plead the blood. When you plead the blood, you don't understand heaven moves. That is, that is, you, you, you make heaven shake when you plead the blood of Jesus. Because that's the blood, the highest blood ever. The blood of the Son of God. He didn't just come because he wanted to come. There was no amount that was enough to redeem man. Remember the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The word and they that dwell therein. So God had all the silver and gold is mine, saith the Lord. He could have redeemed us with trillions and billions and whatever of dollars, gold, diamond. But no, nothing was good enough for him to redeem man. Because he knew that if he used money, there is a possibility that Satan will go and find money. And purchase us back from him. So he now chose the blood of his son. Which Satan cannot. Oh, Satan can handle the blood. I tell you, the devil cannot handle the blood. Somebody holler, it is finished. Shout it out loud, it is finished. So, so we, 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 have, we have all these stories from the Old Testament that speaks of our deliverance. I mean, look at the story of the children of Israel. The story of the children of Israel. In Egypt for how long? 400 years. And all of a sudden, God came and told a man, I'm about to set my people free. And on the day he was to do that, he says to him, take a lamb. Slaughter the lamb. Take the blood. Put it on the doorpost of your houses. And when I see the blood, when the devil sees the blood on you today, he will pass over you. None of you will die in the month of April. You will be in Excel Conference 2023. Come hell or high waters. And so, so the, the devil was amazed. And, and that was when the redemptive plan was beginning to find expression on the earth. And Moses did that. As soon as Moses did that, the Bible said that Moses, Moses when, when now God made them leave Egypt, they got to the Red Sea. And here was Pharaoh pursuing them. And then, then, then the Red Sea was in front of them. And the people cried unto Moses. And Moses cried unto God. And God now said to Moses, listen boy, you don't know what has happened in Egypt. When I made you kill the lamb and put the blood on your doorpost, I established a covenant of protection over your life. And so therefore, Moses now turned to the people and said, the Egyptians, Exodus 14, 13, the Egyptians you see today, the Egyptians you saw yesterday, the Egyptians you saw this morning, you will see them no more forever. You shall not see them again forever. The devil you saw yesterday, you will see no more. He set us free. He came to redeem mankind. He died on the cross. Oh, he died. I'll never know how much it cost to see my sins upon the cross i'll never know how much it cost to see my sins upon the cross here i am to worship here i am to bow Oh, here I am to say that you're my God. You're all together lovely, all together worthy, all together wonderful to me. Do you believe that song when you sing it? 
Church, if you know what it took heaven to redeem you, you will never, ever look at yourself again and say, I'm nothing. Let me just begin. I checked out the word. Uh, I took my strong concordance this morning. Because I just wanted to understand some few details. So I went to my strong concordance. I went to the Greek to check out um, the Greek meaning of the word finished. Somebody holla finish. And um, in my concordance, um, that uh, John chapter 19 verse 30, if you look on this, those of you who know how to read concordance, I think mine is on uh, number five, 500 or 5,005. And I checked it out. No, 5,050. 50, 50 on the strong concordance. This is what he reads. He says, it is finished. The word finished, that means to end. Somebody hala to end. It means to complete. Oh boy. It means to execute. It means to conclude. It means to discharge and pay for. Debt paid. It means to accomplish. It means to make an end. It means to go over. What is God saying? I have brought an end to the reign of Satan in your life. When Jesus hallowed, it is finished. Everything Satan can do, occultic powers can do, witches can do, demonic gatherings can do, it is finished. Jesus has brought a complete end. A complete end. And he makes sure that they cannot, the Bible says, I have deprived this world of his power to hurt you. Say, be of good cheer. For I have deprived. He said, in this world, you will have tribulation. You will have trouble. He said, but be of good cheer. What I did is that, yes, you will have trouble, but I deprived the trouble, the ability, the power to hurt you. That means a believer can go through things and not be hurt. Ah, uh, you didn't say amen. You can go through things and not be hurt. Some of you, if we know your story right now, what you have been through in the past one year, it will amaze us that you are still smiling. Why? Because God has deprived the devil, the power to hurt you. Am I talking to a believer today? Glory to Jesus. My God. He said, I have completed it. What does it mean I've completed it? That means your life was completed before you were born. What did God say to Jeremiah? Before I formed thee in the womb, I knew you thee. Before thou camest out, I ordained you a prophet unto the nation. I have finished your life. I said I have finished your life. No matter what you are going through now, your life is finished. You are just acting out. I don't know if you watch Hollywood movies. You know the actor, they will put him in a mess in car accident. They will shoot him. He will somersault. He will fall for seven-story building. But in the end, the actor will just arise. I want you to know you are the actor. Oh, Shatayadaba. You are the actor in this movie. You are the actor in this movie. You shall arise. Arise and shine for your light is come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you for darkness shall cover the world cross darkness the people but the Lord shall arise upon you and his glory shall be seen in your life for the Gentiles shall come to your light and their kings to the brightness of your rising look up and see now and behold how God has lifted you up for when men are cast out you shall say there is a what? a lifting up there is a lifting up for you. Oh, he paid the price. He's completed my life. Listen to me. I know it's completed. Oh, it's completed. Therefore, I'm not afraid. I said I'm not afraid. Because the one thing God can do is to take my shortcomings, take my downfall, take the sickness, take the hospital, take the lack of money, put them together in one pot and begin to work them together. He begins to work them together and all many things, all things work together for the good of them that love God and are called according to his purpose. Can I hear a yes from a believer? Yeah. 
your life has been completed. I said your life has been completed. Don't worry, apostle, I just got divorced. It's been completed. It was part of the process. God knew you were going to go through divorce. Therefore, he prepared a good-looking man. Ten times better than the one you just know. Shut up. I wish I was talking and prophesying to a sister here who them, a man abandoned years ago and thought you would become nothing and thought you would amount to nothing. But God sent me this morning to tell you that everything that you have been through, I am working it together. I'm working, working, working. I'm working it together for your good. For your good. My life has been completed. And I mean, you know, when I read these things in the Concordance, it just brought out so much meaning for me. I'm like, wow. Is this all Jesus did for me? For me. Then another word that caught my attention is discharge and acquitted. Debt paid. That's what was in the Concordance. The Greek meaning of it is finished. My debt you paid. You will sang that song just now. My debt you paid from the heavens to the earth. My debt you paid. He's paid your debt. You don't owe anybody. I say you don't owe Satan any explanation. You have been bought with a price. Your debt has been canceled. Your sins has been forgiven. Am I talking to a believer? I said am I talking to a believer? Church of God, in the name of Jesus, I want you to find grace to believe what I'm teaching you today. You're no longer guilty. Let me tell you, you can sin as a believer. Yes, we will make mistakes. I'm not advocating that you go sin every day. But if you do sin, just go before him and say, Father, I messed up. Forgive me. And your sins, the Bible says, are cast as far as the east is from the west and thrown into the sea of forgetfulness. Am I talking to somebody here this morning? I want you to know that that day is no more for you to feel guilty. There is no reason, no reason, no reason for you. Your death has been paid. It's been paid. It's been paid. Somebody shout, it's been paid. It's been paid. I don't have to carry any guilt. I don't have to feel condemned. No longer. You can't point at me and say, Oh, Felix, I used to know you in varsity. You had six girlfriends. That Felix is dead. If any man be in Christ, shall. <laughs> Let me laugh at the devil. <laughs> oh, wait. If any man be in Christ, I said, if any man be in Christ, he's a what? A new creature. How many things have passed away? All things are passed away. Behold, everything becomes how? Brand new. Brand new. Brand new. I happen to be one of those bad boys in varsity. I was not born again. That's why I can relate to some of your mess. Oh yeah, I can identify with you. One of my sons came to me recently and said, Daddy, I have six girlfriends. He started our church not long ago. Six. How many? How many? I said, son, relax. God will help you. He helped me. He will help you. Glory to God. The dead Felix was helped. <laughs> Jesus. Let me not tell my story. <laughs> ah, Jesus. You, you know, you know uh, uh, somebody sent me a message on, on social media and said, Apostle, why, why don't you preach like Apostle Joshua Selman. He hides his private life. I said, I'm not Joshua Selman. Joshua Selman was not sent to you. He sent to Nigerians. I am talking to people who have a history. Like Moa. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Asha. <laughs> you know, one of my daughter got pregnant out of wedlock, came into the office and she said when she was coming, she was already assuming that a casket would take her out. As she's coming to tell me that she got pregnant. And so she told me, Daddy, I have messed up. I've repented. I've been fasting and just crying before God. And I said, daughter, if you have repented, God has forgiven you. And I prayed for her. When we finish, he said, Daddy, is that all? <laughs> I said, no, you don't understand. 
uh, you don't understand. I came from the, the story that you came out from. Oh yeah, I messed up in the past. I said I had a past mess. But Jesus cleaned me up. I said Jesus made me brand new. I can now stand eyeball to eyeball. Look at the devil in the eye and say this is apostle Felix Oko. He reminds me of, of my past. I remind him of his future. That is the lake of fire. Can I hear an amen somebody? make anybody make you feel guilty church you are no longer condemned for there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made you free from the law of sin and death it's made you free you are free somebody holler I am free shout it out loud I am free Glory to God. Oh, yeah, we are free. I am free. I am free. I know some of you are sitting here and throwing stones already. Oh, so apostle, you were that bad. Mm -hmm. uh, let God open your own. Mm, yeah. Let God show a video of you. Five years ago. With Sibusiso. Uh-huh. Oh, glory. Let God show a picture of you. In that bedroom in a hotel with Sibongile. Mm -hmm. All of us will run away. In fact, people will start changing seats. Uh, people sitting around you will start changing, relocating because uh, we didn't know that the Holy One of Israel. Uh, you ask her, how are you? I am blessed and highly favored. The Lord is on my side. Uh, everything is working together for my good. Listen, my friend, you have a history. I said you have a history. That's why we don't condemn others. I say we don't condemn people for their sins. We correct them and we move on. He say you that are standing, make sure you correct others with the spirit of humility. Lest you yourself fall into the same temptation. Am I talking to somebody here? It's been paid for. That's why forgiveness in this kingdom is paramount. You can't live a life where you can't forgive others. Must forgive and let go. Forgive and let go. Can't hold on to things for 50 years. No, those days are over. Jesus has paid for our sins. We'll make mistakes, we'll move on. Husband and wife, don't remind each other of what happened last week. If you are forgiving, keep moving. Never mention it again. Stop talking to your wife about what she did two weeks ago. You did the same thing two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, I forgave you. Peter came to Jesus and said, Lord, how many times should I... I, I believe somebody... You know, Peter was a fisherman. I believe somebody stole Peter's fish many times. And Jesus, Peter wants to retaliate. He wants to do something. He came to Jesus. How many times should I forgive my brother? <laughs> he was hoping Jesus said three because I'm sure he has forgiven three times. The next time is he will go and deal with the guy. But Jesus said, in a day, how many? 70 times what? 70 times 7 is 490. Now, even the devil can offend you for 490 times. I mean, even Satan can. You, you know, some of you, you know, there, there are things that you do and you say it's the devil. Satan, when you said this, Satan woke up. He said, hey, <laughs> I was in Mpumalanga. Dealing with Sibongile when you were doing what you are doing. It's not me. Amen, somebody. Are we together, church? Oh, yeah. It's been paid for. Let me give you a list of them. From Isaiah 54, 53 verse 4. The Bible says he bore your grief and he carried your sorrow. 53 verse 4. Please put it. 53 verse 4 of Isaiah. Quickly. We have no time. Look, I have five minutes. Surely he had borne our griefs, carried our sorrows. What did he do? He bore your grief. To bear your grief means the word grief is pain. Somebody say pain. And, and the word sorrow there is everything that is wrong in us. He took them. He bore it himself. So when he died on the cross, he bore your griefs. He bore your pain. Apostle, but I'm still in pain. That's why you have ability to endure hardness. I'm telling you, you can endure anything. Don't make anybody make you feel like you can't endure. It's a lie. No, he, he gave you the ability, tensile strength to endure pain. 
that is you, you'll be going through things and it's like small thing for you. The Bible calls it this way, for our light affliction. Hala, light affliction. Oh yeah. You know why God calls it light affliction? Because what is inside you is greater than the affliction. Are we together? So you'll be going through things and it looks like you are not going through anything. It's just, he gave you the strength to bear pain and grief. Amen, somebody. I said, God corrected everything that is wrong with you. Don't allow somebody to make you feel like something is wrong with you. It's a lie. There is nothing wrong with you. Oh, that you are black is an advantage. Oh, I discovered, you know, many people talk down on Nigerians. Nigerians are criminals. It's an advantage to be a Nigerian. I discovered that. I don't think like many people. Believe me. There is a mentality Nigerians have that is not given to anybody in the world. And not even Americans. Nigerians are dead devils. For somebody to swap. You know, when I, they, they will tell you they, they caught a Nigerian, he was swallowing 10 ki or 3 kilograms of cocaine in the belly. You wonder. Uh, no, I'm a Nigerian. I don't think I, I, I have that kind of anointing. Something you know can rupture in your 12 hours flight to somewhere. They will swallow. Nigerians are dead devils. Me, I'm using that in ministry. I'm a dead devil. If you have been long with me, you will know that I fear nothing. I fear, I, listen, I fear nothing. It's an advantage. So there is an advantage for you to be a South African. There's an advantage. Don't make you fear South Africans are this and that. It's a lie. There is something good about you people. I'm telling you, I was married to a South African for 22 years. Now married to another one. South Africans are good people. Be believe me. Believe me. Believe me. <laughs> good people. Believe me. Sometimes I think to myself, can I just imagine that it was South African men that migrate to Nigeria to marry our sisters? Hey. Hey. Jesus, Jesus. Jesu. Jesu akalaka eya. That's all I can sing for them. <laughs> South Africans are good people. Good people. Many South Africans are married to Zimbabweans, Malawians. They don't even care. You as a South African, go and convince a Nigerian woman to marry you. You, uh, you thought that <laughs> Jesus said it is harder for a rich man to go through the eye of a needle, uh, for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter. What are you saying? Go, uh, a South African man, you go and uh, uh, a Nigerian woman. Look, with all due respect to my Nigerian sisters, I'm not talking down on you. Just know my heart. But I'm trying to tell you, even you yourself, you know. <laughs> let's, let's, not, let's not deceive ourselves. Me and you, we are Nigerians. We know. I'm talking to those on the internet. We know. We know. Look at many of us. How many, how many foreigners are in this land? And accept it. Accept it. Just people living their lives and yeah, good people. It's an advantage to be a South African. I saw that when I traveled to Canada. I mean, as I landed, you know, years ago, I traveled to America and I had a Nigerian passport with my wife, late wife, who had a South, Afri a South African passport. As two of us dropped our passport by immigration, they told us, or custom, they say, keep going. This one will remain. It has happened many times. We went to Brazil to preach. As we left uh, Sao Paulo, straight to, into O'Hara Tambo. As I got to O'Hara Tambo, at the door of the plane was an Indian man, a white man, and a black man. They made sure three races, three different races, came to pick me up. Are you Felix Oko? Follow us. I have a wife. Leave her. She, you will meet her later. Are we together? Landed in Canada with Sarah. I, I mean, I've been traveling. You know, I, I wanted to be patriotic, so I used my Nigerian passport. And I, I, kept, I kept the South African one. I said, let me be patriotic to my country. 
after that trip in Atlanta, I, I went to American Embassy. I said, remove this visa now. Not tomorrow. Put it in the South African one so I can have freedom. Arrived in Canada as I presented my passport. The guy said, wow, are you from South Africa? I said, yeah. He said, man, I wanted to come for the World Cup. He says, man, I love Mandela, man. Welcome to Canada. Eh? I said, eh? I was waiting to go to jail first. <laughs> Beloved, I arrived in New York one day. They kept me for six and a half hours. But I have suffered though. That is the disadvantage of the Nigerian side. So I thank God I have both. <laughs> How did I even get there? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> My goodness. But, but you know, you know, so this person wrote me and said, why don't you be like Joshua Selman? Don't talk about your private life. He just preaches the word. I'm not him. We are not the same. He runs a ministry. I run a church. I'm a shepherd to human beings. I'm a shepherd. Joshua Selman doesn't do counseling. It's not in him. He doesn't have it. He can't do counseling. I can sit with you. Somebody came into my office years ago. A, a daughter and a mother came in. The woman cried for almost 45 minutes without saying anything. And I kept giving them tissue. Push. Tissue. The box finished. I went to fetch the toilet roll in my toilet. That's a pastoral heart. Go and do that to Arome. Arome will walk you out. He, Arome said, you know, me and Arome, we were debating. There is a guy that we were talking about just recently, about two weeks ago. So me and Apostle Arome, we were like, that dude, he said to me, that dude is not correct. I said, but Aro, you know, maybe he has repented from what he did. Apostle Arome looked at me. He says, your pastoral heart speaking. Just, that's what he told me. Because people like him, they are, they are, they are apostles to the nations. They don't have, yes, I am, but I, I have a shepherd heart. The reason I can share my story with you because I have a shepherd heart. I want you to know that where you are today, I've been through it. He said, don't share your personal life. No. I would. Listen, that's why I told you guys. If they say they caught Apostle Felix in a hotel with 10 women, no, it's a lie. If it's true, I will say it here. I will just stand up here as I'm preaching. Hey, last night, uh -huh, I went to Michelangelo. <laughs> I was with 10 ladies. <laughs> Pray for me and help me. I'm, I will say it with my mouth. They, this mouth has no filter when I stand here. The reason is I want to help somebody. Amen, somebody. <laughs> I, 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 compare me with somebody else. No, we are not. Everybody is doing what God sent them. I tell you, even to my bedroom. Some, my wife called, he told me the other day. He said, baby, can't you even hide our bedroom? I said, yo, you just got married. Okay, welcome to the club. <laughs> oh, Jesus, how did I get there? Man, number two, okay, give me five minutes. Number two, he carried our afflictions and infirmities. The Bible tells us that by his stripes we were healed. Church, when Jesus hung on the cross and died, he took your infirmities. That's why you and I can believe God to heal our sicknesses and disease. And he came, exercised that when he was on the earth. He healed so many sick people, so many diseased people. He healed them all. Everywhere he went, he healed. But the only thing that you have to do is that you have to connect with your faith. Many times when he healed people, he told them, your faith has made you whole. Do you believe I'm able to do this? Many times, many sick people, they say they believe, but truly in their heart, they are doubting. That's why when you go to a doctor and they give you a sickness diagnosis, don't go to Google and begin to search how many people has this thing killed. I've seen many people make that mistake. Make that mistake. Go to Google and start searching. The moment you're searching those things, you are diminishing your faith. Just stand in faith. Go meditate on the word of God. And stand in faith. By his stripes, I was healed. And you will see God deliver you. As long as you stand in faith. Amen, somebody.
Number three, he carried our oppression and curses and captivity. You as a born again believer, it is illegal for you to be oppressed. Amen. It is illegal for demons to be oppressing you in the night. Tokoloshi, causing you to have sleepless night. No, it's illegal. That's why anywhere I see it, I deal with it with immediate effect. I don't joke with demons. When somebody comes to me and says, I'm troubled by this, I cast that devil out. I don't play with it. Because it's illegal for you to be oppressed, to be in captivity, to be in prison, any form of demonic prison, having visitations from all kinds of spirits. No, it's illegal. If Satan wake me up from sleep with a bad dream, I will knock him. When I wake up, I will pray in tongues on his head for six hours. I'm telling you. Believe me. So what do they do? They allow me to sleep. It's just that my body now has been acclimated, you know, accustomed to just, once it's two o'clock, you can't find me on the bed. It's hard for me to be awake at, asleep at two. It's, it's almost impossible. Because my body, I've been doing this for years. I've stayed three days without sleep. But I'll carry on. Because I've been given. He said, body has he prepared for me. You know, God gives you body according to your assignment. I hope you know that. <laughs> you know, I see some of my sons. When they come here, lead prayer. But the other day, Pastor KG, I don't know where he led prayer. His voice. <laughs> you know, his voice. I lead prayer. You remember, you were choking. He couldn't speak. No, he said, don't mind my voice. Watch me pray on Saturday. Lion. When I finish, I can go preach. My voice is, the voice was prepared. It was prepared. I, I preached in three conferences in one day. You all remember, took me protocol. Recently, you all took me the day we went to Val. I preached three times. Three times. Say amen, somebody. Say amen like you are serious. He's carried, he's carried uh, your oppression, your curses, and your captivity. Number four. He carried our rejection and inferiority. He carried, if you look at verses 3 of Isaiah, oh sorry man, I didn't give you all the scriptures. Number 2 is Isaiah 53 verse 5. He carried our afflictions. Number 3 is Isaiah 53 verse 7. Number 4 is Isaiah 53 verse 3. Isaiah 53 verse 3. He was despised and rejected of men. So he carried our rejection. He carried our inferiority. Church, listen. Let no man make you feel rejected. The Bible even tells us you have been accepted in the beloved. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 6. He says you and I have been accepted. Where? In the beloved. Give me that scripture. Find it. Verse 1. Ephesians chapter 1. I think it's verse 5 to 7. Somewhere around there. Between those three scriptures. Having predestined us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. Next verse. To the praise of the glory of his grace wherein he had made us accepted. Where? In the beloved. You have been accepted. Don't make anybody make you feel rejected. I say you have been accepted. Church, you have been accepted. Oh, I feel so rejected. I feel so depressed. I feel... No. No, you have been accepted. There is no more inferiority complex. We are no longer inferior at all. At all. At all. Listen, you need to carry a healthy self-image of yourself. You are not less than a white man. You are not less than an Indian. You are not less than a black man. You are not less than a Nigerian. You are not less than a Zimbabwean. You are not less than a South African. Carry a healthy self-image. Healthy self-image. Some of us, carry, we, we walk around, drive around, behave like, like we are less than people. Just the way you carry yourself, you present yourself. Beloved, there is no more inferiority with us. Jesus has dealt with our rejection. He was rejected so that you and I can be accepted. Say amen. That's why this is my, how I deal with rejection. If you refuse me, I move on. Oh, there's, 
When one door closes, another seven opens. What did God say? The righteous falleth how many times? That means that the moment one door closes, seven opportunities are open. From the first time you fell, God said you can rise seven times. Meaning, when you fell the first time, I have prepared seven other ways of your escape. Are we together, church? So never feel inferior to anyone. We are not inferior to anybody. No. When I deal with my friends, all these my white brothers that I have in the gospel, all my friends from all of them, you all know them. Let me not start mentioning names. I deal with them based on we are one. The other day, a family came from a white couple, old, far older than me, they are in ministry, pastoring a church in somewhere in Mpumalanga. Drove all the way, gave me serious offering, and said I should bless them. They want the grace of my life. But this thing is not by color. No. Can I hear an amen? Never feel inferior before anyone. When you go for interviews, there are white people, Indian people, black people, feel just carry Jesus with you. Go with a, self, a healthy self-image. Can I hear an amen? Let me finish up this thing quickly. Number five. Number four or five? Five. Number five, he carried our poverty so that we can enjoy prosperity. Do you believe that? I'm so sorry for going. I thought I would close by 10.30, but God just gave me so much this morning as I was meditating on the word. He carried our what? Poverty so we can enjoy prosperity. You all remember 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 9? The Bible says, For though we know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though even though he was rich, what happened? For your sake he became what? So that you through his poverty will become what? Rich. You know the grace of our Lord Jesus. He was, he's a wealthy God. El Shaddai. The God that has more than enough. But yet, for my sake and your sake, he became poor. So that we, through his poverty, will become rich. Don't let anybody tell you, eh, all these church people, you like money too much. He's a you need money. As long as you live on this earth, this is a world where money functions. You need what? You need what? Money. Look at your neighbor say, you need money. Therefore, you will be rich. Oh, prophesy, tell them, therefore, you will be rich. Oh, say, therefore, you will be rich. Some of you don't sound like it. You are not even confident because you don't have 10 rand in your wallet. You don't have any money in your bank account. I take authority over the spell of poverty, lack and struggle. Every mindset of poverty, I cast it out now in the name of Jesus Christ. You got to believe this thing. Don't let anything frame your mind that you are rich. Listen to me, church. Poverty is not the absence of money. Poverty is a mindset. Poverty is a what? It's a mindset. They are rich, poor people. My father used to have a friend called Emenike. Chooks knows him. My father calls him a pack weary. That is, that is, gather plenty and not eat it. The man is skinny like a broom. Wealthy. The man owns chains of businesses. During lunch, you see that yellow uh, corn, yellow meal. What do you call it? It has different colors. Yellow pop, is it popcorn or yeah? On butter, my wife used to eat that thing. I told her poverty spirit need to. My wife used to love it, my late wife. Oh, Jesus. She will just buy it. It will fill her car. There is a name she calls it. Oma. Omata. Hey, I just remembered her now. Jesus. I hate that thing with a passion. The other thing I hate is milk and there is Inkoma. He says Inkomazi. Inside pap. Oh, Jesus. What is wrong with you? What are we having for dinner? 
Inkumazi and Pap, I say, blood of Jesus. I drive straight to something. Sit me down in a five-star restaurant. Deal with lamb, chicken, fish, meat together. I know you like it, but for me, ish, I have a challenge. <laughs> Do you believe you are blessed and prosperous? The last one, number six. He carried our death so that you and I can live. Premature death is not our portion. Tell him, so that we can live. He carried our death. Death. So you, you're not supposed to, You remember I read Hebrews chapter 2 verse 9 when we were praying last Sunday? Maybe let's read that scripture again. Hebrews 2 verse 9. Quickly, put it for us on the screen. It was the first scripture we prayed with when I started prayer last week. He says, but we see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor that he may, he by the grace of God should do what? Tasted for who? For every man. Say, look at your neighbor. Say, Jesus has tasted death for you. Oh, he tasted it so that you don't die prematurely. I love, I love the story of Abraham in, I think it's Genesis 24 verse 1. The Bible says, Abraham was old and stricken, well stricken in age. And the Lord has blessed him in everything. That's how you should die. You will not die in debt. I say you will not die in lack. You will not die broke. In the name of Jesus Christ. Look at the pastor that died in the, in the Bible. The Bible says he died and left death for his family. The wife now took his children and ran to Elisha. Elijah. He said, your servant, my husband, your servant is dead. Now the creditors have come to collect our children to be born servants. Do you remember that story? A man of God died and left death. Sometimes when, that, in fact, if you were in that funeral, why they were putting the man on the ground? They were, I want to follow you. Sometimes it may not be because she wants to cry. It's the depth she knows is left. I'm telling you. That's why if you are a man here and you are a breadwinner, listen, there is nothing wrong with life policy. 300 life policy can be a million rand. Keep it for your children. Don't be irresponsible. Please don't be. I'm telling you, the reason I share my life is because I want you to know that even though I'm an apostle, I have kept things for my children. Believe me, if I die, God forbid I will not die. If I die today, ha. When my wife, Kion and Hannah, when they are leaving the grave, Hannah, uh, how much did uh, daddy leave for you? 500 million. Asha. Baby, how much did he leave for you? 1 billion. Okay. You know, church, leave something for your children. That's, that's where white men, white people are wiser than us. When you see them enjoying their salary, go to Cape Town every day, they are in the beach turning themselves, it's those things they have put in place. 300 rand now, I mean two Big Macs is 300 rand from McDonald's or two Mac Feast. That is an insurance policy of 1,500. You'll be amazed. How much am I paying for the millions of my life? Abba, church, listen. Take care of your family. If you are a breadwinner, you will not die with debt. Listen to me. You will not die in debt. I was in my office. A pastor's son came recently. The father died. The church has a loan of 1.6 million from Standard Bank. And they want to repossess the church. Because he didn't hear a message like this. That's why I tell my story. If that man ever came to House of Treasures once and hear this message, the children will not come to me to help. Be responsible. If you are a single mother and you are alone with your children, take out life policy for yourself. So that when, if anything happens to you, your children will not be non-entities. Are we together, church? I mean, even to the twins. I'm, it, for me, everybody around me is secure. Everybody. Everybody. 
even as chooks my brother is although he doesn't know I'm just saying it now amen somebody church let me tell you it is wise to be responsible the reason I did that is because he has saved me chooks has saved me like like a it doesn't look like me and Chus came out from the same womb. He has served this ministry. He, he has laid his life down for this house. So it's part of my policy. And I know he hears it now. He won't kill me in Jesus' name. <laughs> I'm just joking. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. Jesus has tasted death for you and me so that we can live. Are we together, church? He has tasted death for us. You will not die prematurely. I say you will not die prematurely. I say you will not die prematurely. In the name of Jesus. Did you receive this message this morning? Put your hands together for the Lord.